Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. On this podcast, I chat to authors about their books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. In this bite-sized episode, I welcome Ashlyn Kwok. Her first two picture books, Lola and Grandpa, and The Battle, have just been released. Enjoy this episode. It's such an honour, Danny, um, to be a part of this amazing podcast you're doing here. And it's just really cool to be talking about this book. You know my work and you've given it a lot of thought and um, I don't normally get such good questions, to be honest. <laughs> Your podcast is the one that I listen to when I want to listen to an interviewer who has actually read the books she's asking questions about <laughs> and asks really interesting, insightful questions about it. And I think that's really special. Thank you for your wonderful questions. It was a good chat. Great chat. You're a good interviewer. So enjoy listening to the podcast. That's brilliant what you do. Honestly, I'm so in awe and we need more word nerds like yourself, people that are passionate about books. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, Ashling Kwok. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Uh, today we're going to chat about your picture books, Lola and Grandpa and The Battle, two beautiful picture books that have very different sort of deep messages for kids, which I'll go into shortly. Yep. Um, they're both pretty much uh, based on a part of my life, a very important parts of my life. Um, but they are very different stories. Mm, they certainly are. So I usually ask authors to give me an elevator pitch for their story. So let's start with Lola and Grandpa. Can you give us an elevator pitch for this one? Um, Lola and Grandpa are oh, the story of a little girl and the beautiful relationship she shares with her grandpa. Um, that one day Grandpa isn't there anymore and she struggles to deal with the loss but over time she realises that her grandpa will always be with her in her heart and in the memories they made. Mm, and I like that. And I think uh, just before we lose grandpa, he says something like, time slips away, my angel, but love and memories last forever. So that is something that it is a thread throughout the book. Now, you said that this was a personal experience of yours. Why did you think it was important to write about for other kids? Um, I think it's something that we all experience. And to tell you the truth, my, my father hasn't passed. But what he was very sick at the time, I wrote Lola and Grandpa, and there was a chance he would pass. And it started to bring back a lot of memories of the special times he spent with me and also my children. And I just thought, you know, it's such an important topic that um, every child has to deal with eventually. And a lot of people are afraid to touch because, you know, the whole um, how much should you um, talk about death with children. But I thought um, if it's done in a sensitive way, I, I think it's something that needs to be out there. Yeah, and it is done in a sensitive way and it is subtle as well. And then you've got the ending of hope. So that's all important things too. And the idea of memories being really important to us. So it is it is a nice story. But it's funny you say that because I think as a, as a culture we're pretty – we're not very good at dealing with loss, are we? No, we're not. And we try to shield children from a lot of things. And while I, I think they should be shielded from the horrific things, death is such an, a natural part of life. Um, and I, But I also really wanted to emphasise the importance of making memories because we get caught up in daily life. I do it as well. And we forget about the important things and the important people. 
Mm. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So I really wanted to um, hone in on that message of why you have the chance, take the time, make the memories because that's all you're going to have left. Mm, that's nice. And it is, it's a nice reminder too of how important grandpa, grandparents are in kids' lives or grandparent figures in kids' lives because it's just a bit of a different relationship to the one of you know parent and child, isn't it? It really is, and it's something I'm so passionate about. I, I, it's something that a few of my books, um, they have that theme of the grandparent in there. I've always had this um, thing for watching the way elderly people and young children relate to each other. It, it's a magical relationship. If you just sit back and listen to their conversations um, and the magic that they share, and um, you know, they both have time on their hands to sort of really reflect on the world and, and enjoy each moment, whereas a lot of us busy adults um, just don't have that time. Mm, it's yeah. a magical relationship and I encourage everyone to, if they have it, to um, take the time to connect their children with their grandparents or even elderly people in the neighbourhood, you know, they're obviously they, they know neighbours or something. Um, it's, it's everything to elderly people who have no one you know, can give them a new lease on life. It's just something I'm quite passionate about and you'll see the thread in some more upcoming books of mine as well. Mm, I really like that. But I like the idea of time too because, you know, I have two children and they don't have any concept of time whatsoever. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I like that idea because you're right, we're caught in the middle here and we have, generally speaking, we have, you know, jobs to go to or houses to be cleaned and places to go and shopping to do and all those boring things that adults have to do, unfortunately. But then you've got these two people sort of on the other side of you who who do have that time often to spend with each other. So it's a nice idea. Yeah, and they can bring so much to each other. So why would we discourage that? Like why why aren't they connecting more? You know, you see there's been documentaries with elderly people in old uh, people's homes and they look so miserable and then they bring in the young children to mix with them um, from preschool and the, the magic comes alive. They, they, it's like they're reborn. It's, I, just, I just love watching that relationship. Mm, absolutely. And kids, they, they definitely fill your life with joy and make you remember you know, what's important or to live in the moment and it, it's hard doing that sometimes as an adult. It's so hard as, a, as an adult. We have so much to cope with. We really do. Um, you know, and, and I guess COVID has slowed us all down a little bit and maybe made us look at that a little bit closer. Mm. Um, but, but we do, we get caught up and, and we shouldn't, but we do. So I don't know how we, we overcome that. The world will be forever changed as a result of it. Now, getting back to the book, uh, the other one is called The Battle. So can you give us an elevator pitch as to what this one's about? Yep, the battle is about a little boy called Edward who's starting school. But he imagines that school is a really scary place and he's going into battle. So he puts on his armour and he gets ready to set off to fight the ogres and the dragons. Um, By the end of the book, he goes through a number of experiences and realises that there is no dragons and he's not in a battle and, and that the ogres he imagined aren't really real. They're just children just like him. I really liked that because it is, we can put this, um, you know, fear into ourselves about, you know, when we start something new or go somewhere unfamiliar. And I really liked that sort of unraveling of that fear and that sort of t- shedding of that armor 
and to have yeah. then, you know, those fulfilling relationships that you might have feared beforehand. Yeah, I, I, this is based on true story too. A lot of my stories are there's just a thread of reality in there and then I embellish them with, um, you know, more descriptive words and stuff. But this is based on my son who was 11 at the time and he'd been happy and outgoing and he developed this fear of going to school one day and I, th- and I watched him and every morning um, he'd sit on the floor and, and put on his uniform and I used to sit there going, oh my God, this kid, it looks like he actually thinks that he's going into battle you know it broke my heart and this went on for months and we had to go through a lot of work to readjust his thinking his brain had just gotten into this loop um, where he started to fear the world and then he didn't want to go anywhere and it got worse and worse so that book basically wrote itself with a couple of weeks because it really was just watching him um, you know face that fear eventually with a lot of help and unravel and grow and realize that he wasn't going into battle and that the children were just being children. They weren't being mean on purpose. It was his perception of the world was a little bit off. And that's another thing that fascinates me is perception because we all go out and we perceive things a certain way. And I think, you know, as they say, our perception um, determines our reality. And it's very true. You just have to change your thinking and your life can change. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't quite understand. Um, And I think it's really important to teach children perception. What you see isn't always reality, you know. It's not always, it's just just our thoughts and our feelings that are creating these thoughts and emotions in in our lives. And I think the battle did that so beautifully in a visual way. Yeah, the visuals are great on the battle. Like when I first saw them, I thought, oh, my goodness she's unbelievable and the the I'd never met Cara before that and she she drew my son like that was a spitting image when I saw the first illustration of him sitting on the floor trying to put on the um, armor I thought oh god I don't know how she she did that I, I was in tears because the look in that child's eye was the look that my son would get every time he was getting dressed to school Oh, that's amazing. And I think amazing. I think because there's truth in that story and perhaps, you know, other people have similar truths of if, if it wasn't their child, maybe it was them. And so I think we all have that feeling inside of it, inside of us of, of what it feels like to be alone or scared. So it's interesting that she really captured that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm forever grateful to Cara. She's just phenomenal. You know, and the illustrations are so important in a book, I believe. So she just brought it to life. The colours and everything are just a little bit different. They help it stand out on the shelf a little bit and stuff. She's, she had a brilliant job. And what is it like to collaborate? Because you've obviously collaborated with two different illustrators on each of these books. And what is collaboration like? Because I've spoken to a number of children's authors and sometimes they meet with the person, sometimes they don't meet at all and you've got the publisher in the middle sort of dealing with both ends. What was it like for you, the process of collaboration? Yeah, they are both very different um, processes. Um, with uh, Lola and Grandpa, Yvonne doesn't live too far away, so we would meet up and discuss things a little bit. Um, Cara lives in Melbourne, so we didn't get we didn't really collaborate um, so closely. Um, I tend to never step in on the illustrations. You know, I, it's it's that's their part of, of the book, so um, whatever they want to do, um, but. 
it was really it was really interesting because I learned a lot about how they work and how important it is to leave space for the illustrations, not to overwrite, um, and and to give them you know the freedom to create because they can bring a whole new level of depth to your words. Um, so yeah, it was a great experience working with both illustrators because they're both very different in their approaches, but they're both brilliant at their jobs. Yeah, I like that idea of the different ways of collaborating to create for the same, you know, end product. I like that. Yeah, and I think um, the illustrators work in so many different ways. I mm. know, you know, certain publishers never let them meet and yes. the author illustrator meet. And um, at the end of the day, I, I mean, I don't know what's better. It probably depends on the illustrator and the author personalities. Um but as long as you get a great book at the end, that's all that matters, I guess. Now, I wanted to talk to you about the writing process because, you know, when you get to write a novel, you get to write, I don't know, 50,000, 90,000 words and really fill in backstory and really have, you know, the characters fleshed out. And this happens in picture books and it happens in your picture books too. But I actually think it must be quite challenging to have all of that in pared down into the very few words and I guess that's why you have images to support the story but is that a challenge when you're writing a picture book that you've got to pair it back but still keep the character keep the meaning keep it important yeah definitely and I look back on my first manuscripts that never got published or picked up and I know why they were so overwritten and and I was using so many descriptive words that um you know that that can be shown in illustrations I, I've, I've learned so much along the way and I still stuff it up. I still have to keep going in and, and cutting off bits and it's like basically just unravelling the layers over and over again, stripping it back, stripping it back. Um, you know, and I, I, I love Peter Canavas. I talk about him a lot in my, if, if you read anything about me, he, he's the master of doing that. He, he says so much with so few words. Um and he can break your heart and put it back together in a few hundred words. And that's something I'm really trying to achieve. And um, as I said, sometimes I'm, I'm okay at it and sometimes I'm really bad at it. I'm still learning how to do that. Mm, it's interesting. It's always intrigued me, the the picture book that, like you said, you know, breaks your heart or makes you feel things because there are so few words. And do you approach it as a very short story or do you approach it in a more poetic sense? of sense? How do you approach the story? Um, someone once told me that um, when you're writing a picture book, feel free to have fun with it and, and overwrite so I think I go in, I just jot down all my ideas, I overwrite it so I could end up with, you know, 600, 700 words to begin with. And then I start to carve it down and carve it down and get rid of the unimportant things or the non-essentials. So I don't know that I, I don't approach it in a poetic sense because um, I think I, it's probably more a story sense, but it's getting to those key points in the story, you know, make emphasizing the key plot lines along the way. Um but it can take me, it can take me, you know, a month to write a story or it can take me five years to write a story. It just depends. But I'm always just trying to cut it back, cut it back, get through the layers. And why, why picture books for you? I mean, you're obviously a storyteller. Why was it picture books that spoke to you and, and that's how you wanted to deliver your stories to the world? 
Um, I think it's a number of factors. One, I'm I'm really impatient, and I'm. <laughs> but, um, when you talk about ninety thousand word novels, you know, I take my hat off to those writers. Uh, awesome! I don't know how they do that. My attention span is very short. So, <laughs> picture books, I can come in for an hour or two, and then I can go out and take care of the kids or whatever I need. Then I can come back in. I can come back out. Um, my, I've got the, a child's mind, mind myself sometimes. But I also love that so much can be said in so few words. I think that's just really a really beautiful, um, a really beautiful way to write. I also just love looking at the pictures. I used to read ferociously to my children when they were younger, and I loved the way the pictures and the words work together, dance together on the page. Um, I have actually attempted a chapter book, to tell you the truth, I've worked on a series, so I've got a chapter, the first book finished, it's like six and a half thousand words or something. I have no idea how I did that and it was absolute torture. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't really put it out there in the market yet and who knows if, I, I mean I will shortly, um, it's part of my plan, but I, I don't know if it'll ever get picked up and, and then I've got you know ideas for if it was a series for more books, but that was almost the biggest challenge I've ever set myself in my life because I just didn't plan for it. I, I, I learned that writing chapter books and larger um, volumes is a totally different process to writing picture books. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually require planning and I didn't plan it. And at the end, it's, I think it's come together where I want it to be. I think it's, it's what I want, but it's taken you know years to get there. So, Ashling, why do you write? Um, I write because I absolutely love it. And I think, for me, it really is um, It's something that I can't imagine not doing anymore. It, it, it really helped me. I went through a period when I had my children where I was very lost and I went through a really bad experience just in myself. And I don't talk about it a lot, but I found I used to read to my children and I just loved doing that and then I started to write and I really believe that writing books saved me if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um I think for me it's a stress release it's where I can lay my head when I'm having a bad day um to me it's just a part of it's almost therapy for me as strange as that sounds um yeah, it, it's just my medicine. Mm, There's nice. a lot more to that story, but it, it really, <laughs> you no. won't have time for that one, but yeah. Yeah, no, I hear that a lot. I hear that the writing is like a sort of a meditation, you know, so it, it makes a lot of sense because it takes you out of the world and you have to be almost, you have to be present even though you're in a different world, but, you know, it's that same idea of just focusing on the one thing and calming your mind, I think. I think you've said it so well, so much better than me, and that's what it was. You know, I, I went through a, a really difficult time as a new mom, and I think I found writing was an escape, an escape from my own mind sometimes, mm. and feeling lost and out of control. And I would escape to the world of writing, and I still do. So, you know, I've, like everyone, we've all got stuff going on with kids, um, whatever it is, or families, and, and um, it's my safe place. It's everything to me. So even if I never got published, um, it is my safe 
place and I know that after spending some time there, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be okay with the world again. And that's why books are magical because they help you when you're writing them and they help people when they're reading them. Yeah, they're true. true. And, I, you know, I, I, it's sad if people don't read and, and can't write because it's just there's so much power in books. There's so much power in them. I couldn't agree with you more, but you're speaking to the converted here. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> Words are nerds, I, I hope so. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for your time, Ashling. I love it when we can really dig deep into picture books and people always say, oh, will we have enough to talk about, you know, with a picture book? And we always do because they're about important stories and they're about life and there's, you know, different processes when these beautiful things come together. So um, it's been so lovely to chat to you about these books that deal with both serious issues but in a joyful and positive way and I think that's so important for our kids so thank you so much oh thanks Jenny thanks so much for your time I really appreciate you um, you know taking the time to talk to me and getting the work.